0: So what are some of the biggest career challenges facing CISOs? I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Joey Johnson, CISO at Premise Health, a provider of on-site healthcare services for employers. Joey will be discussing some of the career challenges that he sees facing CISOs and other information security professionals, as well as some tips for CISOs dealing with mergers and acquisitions. Now, Joey, Premise Health is the result of two companies coming together, Take Care Employer Solutions and CHS Health Services. You were formerly the CISO at CHS Health Services. Any tips for other CISOs who are involved with company mergers or acquisitions?
1: Yeah, I think every M&A transaction is going to be different, but I think one of the key things to be cognizant of is, is understanding what the role of the security function is in the entity that you're going into. I mean, does it contain privacy requirements? Or is, is that the function of the CISO to manage that? Does it co- contain other areas around compliance, or is there a separate function for that? I think it's really important to understand all the potential areas of responsibility that are going to fall under the security shop to ensure a smooth transaction.
0: So now, Joey, what were some of the biggest challenges that you needed to tackle as CHS Health Services CISO, and as the company came together with Take Care Employer Solutions and transitioned into Premise Health?
1: You know, I think the biggest single challenge in, in this case was as we brought these organizations together, a lot of well, the entirety of the security function that was driving Take Care Health Services uh, stayed with the mother company. So we had to bring together two companies that got a lot larger without any complementary supporting resources for security. And given the constraints there are in the industry today for good security talent, identifying the specific talent that we were going to need and then being able to get that lined up um, and in place was a real challenge. When we brought the two organizations together – our perspective on security and what we need to deliver and what we needed to deliver to our clients changed and in that our requirements for what we had to produce really changed a lot in terms of the security due diligence that was required and other things that we would deliver. So having to cover that gap while we try to find resources and, and bring two companies together was a real challenge.
0: Now, did Take Care Employer Solutions have a CISO, or did they have their own team? And how did you merge that together with your team over at CHS Health Services?
1: So, Take Care was a division of a a much larger public company. So, in that capacity, the entirety of the security function was always controlled by that corporate entity. So, they didn't really have a dedicated security group that was allocated to them. So. Really, the Take Care entity was about three times the size of the CHS Health Services entity. So we had a very small group of people trying to take on a lot of responsibility in that window.
0: What skills and talents have been most important for you as a security professional and now also as a CISO in the healthcare sector?
1: You know, I think it's changed as as time has gone on. I certainly would say when I started security wasn't so much of a dedicated field. There were some people doing it, but not a lot. And I think a really strong technical foundation as a practitioner is really, really important because on the IT side, you can be a developer or you could be a database administrator or a systems engineer or a network engineer, but to be successful in security, you really need to understand all those different areas, um, at least at a fundamental level, to understand how they all come together and connect because while there's independent teams managing each one of those fronts, as a security professional, you're responsible for securing all of them, so you need to know how they all work. As you move up into layers of management, I think the biggest thing that I've seen is now that the tide has shifted and, and security tends to have a seat at the table or at least recognition at the board level of what's going on with security, I think it's really critical for a CISO to be able to communicate with the broader business to understand how to align what they're doing with the business. So not just calling out where risks are, but being able to recognize that security risks are just one of another multitude of risks that the business ownership and leadership has to tackle. And being able to present that in a way that those business stakeholders can identify what the risk is and choose whether or not to try to tackle that risk really makes the CISO's job a lot easier. Another thing is, honestly, just the recognition that Like anything else, you're probably never going to have infinite resources, whether those are personnel or funds, to spend to solve the problem. So you have to come up with really creative ways to solve the technical challenges that don't always require uh, money and funding to get that done.
0: So now, Joey, do you have any advice for information security professionals who may have aspirations of one day becoming a CISA? What should they be doing in preparation of those goals?
1: Specialize, obviously. So if you want to climb the ladder and, and be a CISO and run security in the organization, you certainly need to do that. But, you know, honestly, the technical skills that generate a leader aren't really all the things that, that need to happen. To be able to lead effectively, I mean, I think you need the same leadership skills as within the other field. And honestly, I, I learned my most valuable lessons coming out of college working as a waiter and a bartender, and that is just the ability to identify troubling situations and, and being able to diffuse those. I think that, you know, when you're when you're running security, it, it, it tends to be that when you step in the room, uh, whether it's with your internal team or whether it's with a client or a business partner, uh, just the word security in the conversation around that tends to heighten emotions. So you have to be able to diffuse that and be able to just always represent your role as a partner in the conversation. When you do that, you can begin to open doors open trust and identify areas where true risk exist and then and then be able to partner in solving that risk as a, as a business peer uh, i think really being able to kind of diffuse that scary big brother mentality has caused a lot of ground in our organization
0: now joey as you know the cyber threat landscape is always evolving and this has been a particularly difficult year for the healthcare sector how do you keep up with what you need to know to keep ahead of these cyber threats that we're seeing that are getting worse?
1: I don't think you're ever going to keep ahead of them, but I certainly would say the most important thing is not lying a product. It really is understanding your business operations and what type of scenarios, traffic patterns, what have you, represent risk. So today, you know, we're seeing the big buzzword that's kind of come across recently has been vendor and third-party management. It's been people trying to sell threat intelligence, however you want to call that. But the thing is, none of that really has value unless you understand your own organization and understand where the risk lies in that. So as almost every organization today is embracing some flavor of cloud computing, they're embracing some flavor of of BYOD or or mobile devices into their environment, they're using more SaaS-based services You know, where that network starts and ends has really changed. End users have become a lot more savvy and they're going to find their own ways to do rogue IT. So you really need to understand what your critical assets are. I mean, today, it's less about buying a tool and putting it in place. You can keep buying them and letting them have dust collect on a shelf somewhere. But what you really need to be doing is focused on what your key assets are, how you secure those, and how you make those really difficult to get to. I mean, we, we need to be changing the script so that for the adversary, it becomes, you know, a game of economics. It's just too cheap and too easy to get at our key resources now. It has to be a little bit more difficult so that if you have a server that gets compromised or an endpoint, you know, you're not going to stop all that. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. You're going to spend a lot of effort and you're going to end up in a losing battle. But if you can really focus on your key assets and what those are, then it shrinks you know, the balloon of the universe that you have to protect so that you can acutely be aware of, of what is most critical and apply appropriate controls around that. Not every control, not every tool needs to be used in every case. When you can do that and have an understanding of what is normal and what's abnormal in your environment, then you can begin to start looking at things like threat intelligence and all these other adversaries and how they're acting and being able to detect them and, and protect against that a little bit better. But if you kind of live in a dark room with no light in it, you know, it doesn't help to, to go buy a bunch of, of flashlights when you can't get them into the room to help you. You know, I mean, you, you need to understand what you're dealing with first and protect that.
0: So now, Joey, as a CISO, what would you say your biggest single challenge is and how do you get around that or how do you counter that?
1: You know, I think that the one that I would say that has the most continuity is still today the staffing challenge. I say that because if a problem is represented appropriately at a leadership level as, as a big enough risk, the organization is going to rally around that and find a way to solve that, whether that's from outsourcing or buying a technology or whatever needs to be done, making some changes in policy or procedure. I mean, there are ways, as long as you stay engaged with the business, to solve most of those problems, as long as you can be effective at helping the business to recognize the problem. The biggest place where I see a continuous problem is just in, in personnel, in, in obtaining and retaining good personnel. It's, it's one thing to bring them in, another to retain them. The ways that we've gone about trying to do that is, honestly, it's, it's kind of a gamble, but you know, we will wait for the right talent, and we will be patient and higher passion. I would say, you know, if you see somebody with a resume that has lots of skills on it and lots of tools, that's fine. That just means they work in an environment and somebody gave them a console and said, go run this thing. But, you know, if they can't talk to you about what's happening in the threat landscape today, if they can't talk to you about what makes them passionate about security, they're not going to be able to come in and solve tomorrow's problems. They're only going to solve the problems that you give them a platter to solve them on. So I really advocate that you you want to hire people that have passion. You have to have a way to find out what that is. And then once they're in the door, you know, you you have to kind of shift where you're making your investments in your people. I think that investing in skills for passionate people is, is massively empowering. It makes them want to stay there. And when they're with other like-minded people, that also makes them want to stay there. In today's market, I mean, there's always somebody who's going to come and throw a bigger pile of cash at your security expertise. So you have to have a way to, to, to offer them something that's, you know, more important than that. I would say that that's the single most continuous problem in the market today is just, just a lack of talent.
0: And, Joey, finally, looking ahead to 2016, what are your top priorities as a healthcare CISO for next year?
1: I think it breaks down into different areas. I would say certainly from a security operations perspective, it is just continuing to build out our internal security operation environment such that not only can we see and understand our network traffic patterns, but that we can test our security analysts to make sure that, you know, like we'll run internal pen tests not just on the applications and systems themselves but also to make sure that our security analysts can see that attack and detect those patterns. If they can't see and detect it, then we're spending a lot of effort and resources on something that's not really advantageous, you know, when a real threat arrives. Additionally, I think from a governance perspective, one of the biggest challenges continues to be understanding where and how the organization wants to leverage the cloud computing environments, whether, whether that's SaaS or whether that's, you know, putting things on AWS to build product When you're a company that does services and products, it's two very different sets of challenges that you have to tackle. And the biggest thing is being able to identify what the business is doing and where it's going and call out what security you know, constraints or enabling factors are going to be at the onset to make sure that security stays in the conversation as a participant and an enabler of the business, not the long pole in the tent all the time. So I think for us, the biggest challenge is really you know, getting together with all of our different business functions and understanding where they're headed with technology, where they're headed with data sharing, where they're headed with all these different fronts, so that we can appropriate the right tools, people, and solutions to empower the business to move forward.
0: Thanks, Joey. I've been speaking to CISO Joey Johnson. I'm Marianne kolbusak mcgee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.